This is a podcast with Rash. Join me for this ride. Hello, everyone. Welcome to yet another edition of our favorite podcast, Podcast with Rash. Please don't hesitate to visit our YouTube page on www.podcastwithrash.com. Like, subscribe, and share our content. These podcasts tend to chronicle the activities of immigrants from Cameroon, Zimbabwe, and Somalia in the UK and the city of Coventry, to be precise. We tend to talk to people to tell us their stories, how they got here, how they settled in, their experiences, and all they go through, and how they weather the storm to get to the position they find themselves today. Please sit back and relax, and I'm sure you're going to have a very nice time with us today. Thank you. This is a podcast with Rash. Join me for this ride. My name is Rashid Ijani, MA Visual Journalism student of the prestigious University of South Wales. This episode of Podcast with Rash is the first in a series of three episodes of Podcast Documentary, which intends to bring to light the stories of Africans from Cameroon, Zimbabwe, and Somalia here in the city of Coventry. And this episode is telling the story of Dr. John from Cameroon. Dr. John Amodu is a senior lecturer in accounting department at the Coventry University. He is a PhD holder in accounting. He is a Cameroonian and an European citizen. He has been living in Coventry for the past eight years. In this episode, he is going to take us through his journey so far, both the good and the bad times, and I'm sure his story will be a source of inspiration and hope for other immigrants trying to find a balance here in the UK and in the city of Coventry, to be precise. Hello, Dr. John. Can you please introduce yourself to our listeners? A lecturer in accounting. I'm active in research. So I live in the UK. I've been here for about eight years, but I have a, a different European nationality. I'm originally from Cameroon. Oh, originally, you are from Africa. You are from Cameroon. Yes, I'm from now. You are EU citizen. Yeah, now I'm. EU and you've, you've been EU citizen for the past uh, eight years. Yeah, that's right. Wow, that's very nice. That's good. Um, I want you to take us through your journey so far. How has it been? So um, it's a challenge, a big challenge. But uh, sometimes when you when you look at uh, where you want to be and where you're going, you don't give up. Because I can tell you that when I came to Europe at the airport, I picked myself up. I came in the weekend. I was supposed to come to school. I The school wanted to send somebody to pick me, but it was a weekend. So I had to pick myself up, took a taxi to the to a hotel, paid for the hotel, but I was sent to a a a room that was undergoing renovation. So, but because of miscommunication, the people could not understand English. So I would have to sleep in that room till the next morning. So that is a challenge. So in terms of looking for job, when I came to Europe, I studied and they started looking for job. I can give you a few instances of the challenges I faced. For example, I went to an interview with Accenture that was uh, back in 2012 and they needed human resource manager at the time. So uh, human resource and I was supposed to work with one young white boy 
when he went walked into the home and saw that it was a black guy, he immediately told the lady who was supposed to interview me that, oh, just interview him, whatsoever you see, I will take. And the lady immediately told me, oh, unfortunately, this is the person you're supposed to work with. He's not ready to work with you because he should have been here listening to what you are saying. But unfortunately, he didn't want to work with you. So that was it. The second situation was uh, another situation because I have a lot of them if you need it. Um, I went to a company. I was supposed to be sales representative. They gave me an Excel exercise to do. It was supposed to be 20 minutes. I did it for less than 10 minutes. But what actually happened is when I walked in, that lady gave instruction. And since the instruction was clear, I just went directly to my work and did the work, the exercise. But what the lady wanted, the question she went and explained to the manager that I'm a cold person. She said, do this, and I didn't ask questions. So she's not interested to work with me. So the manager called me in her office. She's an Irish, she was an, an Irish lady. So we discussed, had a chat, talked about different aspects in life. Generally, we discussed, and it was so great. And she told me, John, actually, I would like to work with you. But unfortunately, I cannot recruit you because the other lady does not want to work with you. So, and I asked why. She said, oh, you were too quiet. When you walked in, you didn't, you, you were just quiet with listening to me and all those things. He didn't ask questions. And that is how we ended. So, but so far the journey, I can tell you that the challenges are there. The challenges are there. Okay. Uh, that's a very lovely one. From your analysis, Dr. John, yeah. uh, the other lady that said you could not work with her, uh, can we say uh, she had this inferiority complex or she felt threatened by your pedigree? No, what I saw so far is most of those companies, yes, but most of those guys were, uh, almost everybody I saw in the company, everybody I saw was a white. So it was a, a white environment. Okay. So, for example, I can tell you one example that I was looking for a house and I met this Latin agent. This Latin agent is in this company. So I went in, paid money for a house. So they said, okay, I need to pay six, four months deposit. So I paid the money and they knew I have a steady source of income. But what happened, they were willing to give me the house, but they went, the landlord did not want a black person. So Even after making the payment? Yeah, after making the payment. So they showed me the house and were supposed to sign contracts. So we were supposed to meet the landlord. And the next day they called me. The day we were supposed to meet the landlord, they called me in the morning. I said, unfortunately, the landlord said he needed but a lady and not a man. I just laughed. I told them, listen, I'm grateful that you people wanted to give me this house. The man said he didn't want a black man. Simple. Because there is no house that you want a lady and you don't want a man. You wouldn't have, you would have said it before he put the house in the market. But since he had he's a black man, he couldn't give me the house and they had to refund me. So there have so many examples of process. I remember booking to see a house. So the landlord came there. He was in the house. I stood outside, saw the landlord in the house. And when you were calling, they are not picking the call anymore. Because they saw a black man, they were expecting a white person. Because two hours were communicating with the tech. So when they were expecting somebody to come, they expected a white person because the name was John. So John is easy. It's a white name. It's a European name. So it was so clear. I didn't I have to go back. So a lot of those examples, you see them, how challenging it can be. Because you think you're looking for a house, you can afford their affairs. They need specific race. So but things are changing slowly, I must say. Because I remember when we used to come, you walk to some neighborhood and they will call you a POC, they will call the police. I remember I was in Budapest in Hungary. The police stopped me in the whole train station. 
everybody was white except me, one black man, and the police stopped me just to ask for passport. And I asked that policeman, do you know what you just did? This is clear racism. Because you left everybody in this train station and asked for a passport from one person. So I told the man, I will not give you my passport because this is clear racism. Because there is no way you come, you'll be in a train station and ask one person passport. I told him a simple ask me. If you need passport, ask from everybody. My friends that are here used to tell me that when they are traveling or they are commuting, either in the bus or train, most times when there's a free seat available next to them mm. and some probably um, foreigners or let me not say white person comes into the bus or the train, rather sitting with him on that free uh, available seat, they would rather stand because they don't want to sit close to him. Oh, that was a common experience when yeah. I came in. So it's, all, it's not just the one city, so in the whole of that area, they will avoid that area that is used to be a common experience. The entire area? It's changing, yeah. It's changing slowly, yeah. The entire wow. area used to be, be like that. So the only people who used to accommodate uh, is the younger the kids and the old people. So the old people will have no thing because they need to sit anyway. Yeah. yeah. Some of them will sit closer to you. But if you go to the village areas, they will not. Even if you sit and an old man is there, they will prefer to stand and to sit around you. So it's, that used to be my experience. But things are changing, I don't know. Because uh, that used to be the experience. And what can we say? I've experienced it on so many occasions. It's, uh, I think it's wrong information. Most of them is the notion they have about it. Like, it's like they ascribe, uh, they ascribe everything bad. Yeah, so that's that the that notion. Yeah, that is notion. sometimes because when you work with some people who have been close to you, and especially some of them who have been have who have had uh, experience in Africa or work with a colleague who is from Africa, they respect. There's a mutual respect. They know you are a human. But some of them think you are at least a partial or something. And when you are from uh, Africa, I remember going to, when I used to work in the healthcare, I go into one man and he said, he complained that two African people came here and they were speaking in the African language. So the lady is from a different country, I'm from a different country. And so hard uh, were communicating in English. But because he had a notion that Africa is a country. So because most of them know Africa is a country. So they try to see when we are together, they think two Africans, they must be speaking in African language. And what can you say? Are you actually speaking in English? Yeah, we're actually speaking in English. But he just needed to complain about something. And they come, they, 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 are, it's really, they were working for the council and they knew he's somebody who complains. But we needed to write a stand how we're speaking in African language, according to him. And we neglected him and all those things. So you have those experiences when you depend on your sector because you always have those things. And it's quite it's draining to find some people are very depressed because of those experiences. Sometimes you find some people, even some, especially ladies, some will even cry because you find it's so, yeah, because somebody will create an allegation against you. I remember one lady told, telling me, oh, you don't speak English because uh, she, all oh, when we're working, she used to go to my colleague, but she was a white. So one day I told her, she said, yeah, you people in Africa are not educated and all those things. So I told that lady, listen, you are misinformed. So where you're getting your information, you need to go back to the source. Unfortunately, I'm doing this job because of the passion, because of the passion I have for the job. So if you think this lady is more qualified than me, unfortunately, that's not the case. Because yourself, if they give you what I have in my head, you'll be mad. And she said, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't know you have gone to school. I said, no. But because you finally, as soon as you saw a black man, you know this man is 
is uneducated. And that is wrong. Well, um, the good thing is that uh, the government, so many, so many persons here, that taking conscious steps to ensure uh, this trend is uh, eradicated or reduced to the various minimum. So that's a thing of joy for me. And it happens in our society. And I believe yeah. even in Africa too, when we see white people, although we don't discriminate them, what we do is that we give them more respect, like more value, like why a white man in our country, a white man in my city, a white man in my village, you know, we give them this preferential, uh, this preferential treatment, you know. So it's everywhere. But going forward, I know things. Are you married? Yes, I'm married. I have a wife and kids. Wow. You have the kids, yeah? Yeah, my kids are all born, yeah. So uh, when you came into the UK, was there a cultural shock, uh, cultural imbalance? Was there anything different from what you were used to back home? Um, let me be candid. There is a lot because there, you know, if you, yeah, you grew up in uh, Africa, you know, your neighbors are your friends, your closest friends. Uh, you are part of your security system, so you can talk to your neighbor. If something happens in your company, your neighbor puts a close eye, and they can see those things. And if something your neighbor, you have anything, your neighbor can help. Unfortunately, it's not the case in the UK. So in the UK, you and your neighbor, people hardly know each other. I remember when I moved to my new house, I did not know one of my neighbor until we stayed about a year. We didn't know each other. Yeah, that is shocking. And the other neighbor were communicating almost on a daily basis. The other world, we didn't know each other. So, but, but that is different. In the UK, it's like when in Africa, every discussion is welcome. In the UK, the least thing is you are harassing me, you are abusing me. So it's completely different. Because like in Africa, for example, in Africa, when you talk about family, somebody can say, I'm a polygamous. You just leave them because that is their business. What they do in their house does not concern you. Yeah. But here what happens is you go to school and they teach children about family. What do they teach them? They teach them about gay, lesbian, and all those things. It's not bad for them to know. But they tell them this other aspect is bad. But their choice for somebody, let's say, for example, Somebody who got married to two wives, the wives agree, they are adults. But those topics are not, because what happens when you, those things, when you avoid talking what is happening in the society, it becomes a problem. Oh, okay, my child will go to school and say they thought us about family. And what do you say at the child? That a man can marry a man. That is fine. If those two men, they are adults, they agree, what is your problem there? And then... When they hear the other part, your children take it against you and say, hey, in your daddy, in your country, people marry two more than two wives. It's like a crime. No, they are adults. They decide to do their things. So it's completely different. So there are some things. I can say in terms of keeping record of children in school and all those things in schools, it's better here in the UK than in, in Africa. Africa. Because when your child has an injury, they will update you and all those things. But there are some aspects that I think it will not be good for my children here in, in Europe specifically. Socialization, for example, after school, children don't play like we used to play to develop. Yeah, because you don't just teach them, they need to use those things to practice, to think out of class. So they are being taught like remote. The next thing is they are watching TV. Cartoon. Yeah, they don't learn to communicate with each other. They lost those basic skills, doing things and team and all those things. 
you learn them in school, but you need to practice them in an environment where you are not supervised because school, everything is supervised. And first of all, secondly, it's the family. You are here, your family is somewhere else. The children don't know what is family because they don't see cousins, they don't see aunties, grandma, and all those. Nephews. Yeah, it's difficult for a foreigner to live in a foreign land. No matter how much you try to integrate in the society, you integrate as an individual because you made a conscious decision to come here. But your children were not part of that decision. Yeah, sometimes you feel pity for them because they have too much energy. If you don't take them to park, how do they play? <laughs> That's a very touching, touching one. Yeah. So, uh, are you trying to tell me that um, raising up your kids here in Coventry is quite uh, tasking? Let me be candid. It's challenging because the two of you, if you have to keep children, if you are new to the UK, one of you must be at home while the other is at work. Yeah, so if you are new in the Coventry. So in the, the UK in general, because one of you must be at work and one is at home. Not because so. if, it, there's, if it's not school time, somebody must be with the children at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those facilities in, in where I'm coming from, you have relatives around who can help you with those, some services, maybe picking up children and all those things. Uh. But when you are in a foreign land, how do you manage yourself? So if you have to drop the week at Christ, you need to pay. So when you're on holiday, you need to take holiday. Okay, yeah, those are the, uh, uh, challenges. the challenges. Yeah. Okay, what are the gains? The gains is good. There's a good healthcare system, of course. The environment, good healthcare system. The educational system is good for those for the kids who are willing to learn. You know, in uh, Africa, the children have exam at all levels. But here, they don't evaluate them. They don't give them pressure on us according to the system. So it's different. So before you start, the child become used to examination is in a different level. So if you are not there to follow them, it's, you can either, your child can either, you will not know the level because you need to be there every time. When, when they bring their report from school, back home when they used to in Africa, when they got the result, you know this child is good in math, this on the result you see. You see their examination paper at the primary school level, so you start preparing them in advance. So it's challenging, it's completely different. But as somebody who is in academic, I can upgrade, but for somebody who is not, that is a challenge. Yeah, in terms of transportation, it's good. The, how do they call it? In terms of uh, the environment, most often, it's good. But it also has its challenges, as I'm saying. What are the challenges? Challenges, for example, if you have just one kid, the loneliness can be very difficult for a child. Yeah. No friends to play with. No friends to play with, yeah. Either except you go to the park. And if you go to the park, you are scared because everybody has a right. So the child can be playing with another person's child and then they coach you a lot, then you are finished. Because they'll say, oh, your child hit my child. And but there are two kids playing and then one person is accidentally hit the other, but this is it. I remember the other day we went to park and uh, we're playing for football and one person, one guy came with the children and was seen in front of the children. So, and we were playing and I had to call that guy. You know this message, you're passing to this six years old child. That six years old child will take to school and pass it to my child. And my child will bring it home and I will not find pleasure. And the guy was saying, this is my right, but this is the problem. The culture, this is in me, in my area, where I'm coming from, the taboo. That you just swear and do use those languages anyway. But this is normal with the culture, and you find it difficult to integrate. Oh. Yeah. All that 
question I would like to ask you, I want, want to share the light is on the issue of food. You know, sometimes when you change environment or you leave your country for another country, is it, do you find it easy taking, the, eating the food there or you always crave for your food from back home? And if you crave your food from back home, how do you go about it considering the cost and accessibility and everything? So how does that impact you? How does it affect you? Yeah, thank you for that question. What happens is for me as an individual, food is not my problem. When I go to wherever I go, whatsoever they eat, I just eat. It's just the other food was because I was trained to eat that one from childhood. So wherever you go, you go like me as an individual. If I can eat and I don't have a problem with my stomach, I just move along. But most often my family eats African food. So we buy, it's quite expensive because you know it's exported. Where do you buy it from? So we buy it from, uh, we have uh, some African shops, shops from Nigeria, from uh, um, Pakistan and the Indians. So we share in Coventry. Yeah, in Coventry. Yeah, we share a lot of food. Yeah, can you be precise so I can take I a walk there? Of course, unfortunately. I don't okay. Just, I don't do. We go shopping together with my wife. She knows more about that than me. Okay. Said, okay. So, but what happens is uh, it's quite expensive. But in terms of food, I can't say it's a problem living in the in in Coventry or UK. Wow. Yeah. So there is no food you want to. There's no native food from your country that you want that you cannot get here. I don't think so. So far, anything I have, I have to eat, I think I have it. Everything, everything, uh, because they do import almost everything. And your children too. They eat your African food or they yeah, eat things. They enjoy it. They enjoy it. Yeah. They, this is what you are trained. Because what happens wherever you are, you grow up, all they eat there you eat. So they eat at home and they enjoy it and they keep on eating. That's yeah. good. That's good. That's good. Um, what about uh, religion? When I came to Covent, three in particular, I didn't have a problem because the Catholic Church we have is just the same practice as a practice back home. You understand? At some point, I wanted to go to the Pentecostal because then we have a lot of... I wanted to be where most African people are. But I saw that the Pentecostal are just talking about money, giving and God will bless you, give you back. So most of them have turned to take the Bible as a source of income rather than passing the message. So I said, let me stick to the gospel, to the Catholic where I've been. And no matter who is preaching, a white priest, a black priest, they maintain the same message. So I've been sticking to Catholic. Which of the Catholic church do you worship? Uh, I attend St. Anne and Pope Chris. That should be around the corner here. Okay. And when you came in, when you tried passing up the name of the Catholic church, was there any noticeable differences in your mode of worship compared to what is obtainable in Cameroon? Or it was just easy for you to just. The only difference in Catholic, based on my experience, is the songs. So in Cameroon, they'll sing songs in Cameroon hymns. In UK, they'll sing songs in UK hymns. But they practice everything is the same. Everything. That's cool. Okay, finally, you know, most of us from um, Africa, we have what we call town union or country, a local association. 
like Nigerians living in Coventry, we have our association where we meet, we sing, we dance, we eat, we celebrate, you know, we act as if we are still back home in Nigeria. Do you have such association for Cameroonians living in Coventry? Um, I learned they have one. I don't belong to it yet. But I am still to meet such an association. Oh, you are not yet part of them. Not yet part of them. But you have one. Yeah, because I'm new in the city. So I, somebody said they have one, so I have to look for it. Okay. I don't know. Okay. Thank you very much, Dr. John. The great privilege I uh, talking to you. Thank you very much. And I hope it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure talking to you. I thank you very much, Doctor John. Please don't hesitate to visit our YouTube channel, like, subscribe, and share, and also visit our website for all our latest 